Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual and spirited community dedicated to the free and responsible search for truth. We are not gathering in our sanctuary right now, but I'm very glad that you are joining us from your home for wherever you are. And I want you to know that whoever you are, whatever body you live in, whoever you love, you're welcome here. We come from a long heritage of teaching that there's a spark of the divine in everyone. And usually on a Sunday morning, we greet the divine in our midst by turning to one another and greeting one another. And we will be able to do that again. But right now, if you are watching from a place where you can comment in real time, please just greet everyone else in the comments. Among the traditions of Unitarian Universalist churches is that at the beginning of each service, we light a chalice. It's a symbol of our faith that gives a physical manifestation of the divine spark within each and every one of us. Join me now as we say the words with which we light our own chalice. We light this chalice so that its flame may signify the spiritual strands of light that bind our hearts and souls with one another. Even while we must be physically apart, we bask in its warmth together. Our call to worship today comes from the words of Julian of Norwich author of the revelations of divine love the book is remarkable for being the earliest surviving example of a book in the english language known to have been written by a woman her most famous saying is all shall be well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well god is everything that is good she writes all life's pleasures and comforts are sacramental. They are God's hands touching us.
this congregation has a mission, and we say it together every Sunday from wherever we are. It helps guide our decision-making, and it helps us know what we're here for, what we're hanging on to this place in order to make happen. We wrote it on the wall here, right above our meditation candles, and we say it together every Sunday. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. After the mission, we normally have a moment for beloved community. And I want to say that I'd like to talk about something that I hear a lot, which is we're all in the same boat. No, we're not. We're all in the same storm, but some of our boats are sturdy and well-supplied. And some of our boats are rickety and crowded and leaking and not well-provisioned. We hold all of these boats in mind. And we know that most of the folks in the leaky and unwell-provisioned boats, most of the folks who cannot work from home, most of the folks who have to decide between their health and making a paycheck are brown and black folks. Not all, but most. And we want to know that that is the truth of our society and that's not just something that happens. It's built into the machinery of our society. Let's allow ourselves not to be guilty, but to be curious about why that is. Good morning. I'm Kelly Stokes. One of the most famous stories in the Hebrew Bible is about a person named Noah. Noah heard that there was a lot of rain coming, and he knew that this would wash everything away, so he built a big boat, which he called an ark. And then he and his family went out, and they got two of every animal they could find, and they loaded them all on the boat, so that when the rain came, Noah and his family and the animals were all safe and snug, and they stayed on the boat waiting for the rain to go away. And they didn't know how long that would take. They didn't know how long they were all going to be on the boat together. The author of the book we're going to read today loved the story of Noah and the ark, but she always wondered, what about the other people on the boat? What were they doing? What about Noah's wife? And she read that there are some legends that gave Noah's wife the name Naama. And some people say that the word Naama or the name Naama means someone who sings. So she imagined Naama on the boat singing to her family and to the animals. And she wrote this book. I like this book because I like how it asks questions about the people in the story that we don't normally get to see. I also like that it's celebrating the people who are taking care of others, even when the others don't know it, even when no one knows they're being taken care of, just like so many mothers and grandmothers and aunts and other people who care for us do all the time. Just as so many people right now are taking care of us while we're staying home, there are people out there taking care of us and doing things to help us without us even knowing about it. Naama and the Ark at Night by Susan Campbell Bartoletti, illustrated by Holly Mead. As rain falls over the ark at night, as water swirls in the dark of night, as thunder crashes the seams of night, 
as Noah tosses in dreams at night, as restless animals prowl at night, as they pace and roar and growl at night. Nayama sings all through the night. She sings and strokes their hair at night. She sings a bedtime prayer at night. She sings for moon to fill the night. She sings for stars to thrill the night. She sings for earth and sky at night, soothes her sons and their wives at night. Nayama sings all through the night. Over the ark, song flows at night. Two by two, eyes close at night. Two by two, wings furl at night. Two by two, tails curl at night. Two by two, the beasts of night are lullabied to sleep at night. Nayama sings all through the night. Beneath the clouds that shroud the night, the ark sails long into the night. Cradled by the song of night. Hush, hush, hush. Good night. The Next Right Thing by Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez. I've seen dark before, but not like this. This is cold. This is empty. This is numb. The life I knew is over. The lights are out. Hello, darkness. I'm ready to succumb. I follow you around. I always have. But you've gone to a place I cannot find. This grief has a gravity, and it pulls me down. But a tiny voice whispers in my mind. You are lost. Hope is gone. But you must go on and do the next right thing. Break it down to this next breath, this next step, this next choice is one that I can make. So I'll walk through this night, stumbling blindly toward the light, and do the next right thing. And with it done, what comes then? When it's clear that everything will never be the same again. Then I'll make the choice to hear that voice and do the next right thing. And now we come to the part in our service where we enter into an attitude of meditation and prayer as much as we are able to at this moment. If all you can do is close your eyes and breathe one breath, do that. If you can breathe five with me, please do that. Air is so precious. Now I invite you to light candles in your home, a candle of joy or a candle, a candle of sorrow or a candle of hope or remembrance. Let us think about one another lighting candles each in our own homes. Three. Oh. 
being of an oppositional nature, like many among us, I started to argue with her. How can all be well? So many things aren't well. You know about the hunger and you know about sorrow and don't you know about war and don't you know about disease and and what about cruelty just the random and and calculated cruelty that when you hear about it just seems unimaginable that people could figure out ways to hurt each other in these in these techniques i i just can't i can't take it all in it it brings me to my knees I took it as my mantra because it bothered me. It stuck in my craw. And I wanted to figure it out. And sometimes when I want to figure something out, I just say it to myself over and over again and let it go deeper and deeper into me until I can feel what it means and think what it might mean in my life and in the life of those people around me. And I started to think that it spoke to my theology of who the divine is and who we are and what our relationship is. And you've heard me say this before, perhaps, but to me, the divine is a river of love flowing through the cosmos. And whatever we do that is out of love, whatever actions we take, what feelings we have, add to the essence of the divine. Animals, too. Loving things that animals do for one another. And I recently found out a couple of years ago that trees behave lovingly towards one another sometimes. They, they send out warnings of insect infestations. And sometimes the trees in a pecan grove, the ones in the sun, will save up sugars in order to share them through this fungal network with the trees that are in the shade and can't make as much sugar. And they'll all then be able to fruit at the same time. And somebody might say, oh, that's just instinct. That's just nature. They could say that about us, too. That's just instinct. That's just nature when we do loving things for one another. Does that make it any less love? I don't think so. And I think it all adds to the essence of God, which is what I call the river from time to time. I, I wrote this song, All Will Be Well. It started when I was driving my two young sons in the car, and suddenly the rhythm just came to me, and I began muttering to myself, Do you not know? Do you not know? Do you not know? And it, was, it felt important. And the rest of the song came soon after. I love the last verse of the song where she talks to me again. All she says throughout the whole song when I'm arguing with her is, all will be well. And then in the last verse, she reminds me of the things that are good in life. She reminds me of the things that make things better for us and for our beloved's tenderness and kindness. She reminded me of our relationship with the spirit, our own, the spirit of others, the spirit of love, truth, the great spirit. 
Did she know about disease? Oh, yeah. She was born in the 1300s when the Black Plague swept through Europe and killed about a third of the citizens. She knew about it. She was an anchoress, which meant that she was uh, dedicated to a life of solitude and prayer. Uh, People have said that she was uh, in a little cell that was kind of glued onto the wall of this abbey, but it's likely that that's not what happened. It's likely that she was in a little cottage next to the abbey, maybe with her own walled garden, certainly with a couple of helpers and a cat. People would stop to talk to her. People would travel for miles to talk to her and get spiritual direction and wisdom from Julian. When I was injured and sick for six months, several years ago, a lot of people emailed me and wrote me, And said, all will be well, because a lot of Unitarian Universalists know that song of mine. And I was very glad to receive those notes, but I I also knew that the song rang from me in a different way during my sickness and injury than it had when I was raising two small sons. The pain was bad, and the wondering was bad. What was going to happen, and what would my new normal be like, and what would be added to me, and what would be subtracted because of this? And all will be well rang in my head as being about death. I felt like it was about death. Not about everything being okay here in this life. You know, a lot of times, things do get okay in this life. A lot of times we can make them okay for ourselves or we can make them better for other people. But in the end, in the end is when everything will be okay because, and it doesn't take any faith to believe this, Because in the end, we return to that earth that we tended. And all of the acts of love that we have made in our lives have helped add to the essence of God. And the river is stronger and broader because of our lives. We have added to the sacred by living our lives in the way that we want to. Even our mistakes, when lovingly corrected and apologized for, can add to the essence of God. When I sing it now, I'm always aware that it means different things to different people. And I'm always grateful for the people who write to me about what it means to them. So, what does all will be well mean until death? Like, right now. Well, I think it means, uh, as our student intern minister, Lee, read the words from that song, 
from Frozen 2, I think it means do the next right thing. Take a step. Take another step. Do the next right thing. And a lot of times you know what that is. And sometimes you don't even know what the next right thing is. And that's okay. As one of my wonderful mentors used to say, Meg, don't just do something, stand there. You can do the next right thing or you can stand there and not do anything. It's okay. And especially during this time, we need to give ourselves the grace to sit in that place of not knowing. Be compassionate to yourselves, to those with whom you are quarantining. Be compassionate toward others. You don't have to solve all the problems. You can't do it from your house. You just have to do what you can that's right in front of you. Give yourself grace to do that and invite the river of love to flow through you and those you love and those you don't even know. May it be so. Every Sunday, we have at least one offering. We pass the plate and people have a chance to put something in. Our church is not supported by the offering plate. It's supported by our members and friends' generous pledges. But it is good to have the dynamic of being able to give something when you are sitting in your community. Something right then, something immediate. It's likely that we won't ever be passing plates again because of germs. Maybe in a few years we'll be able to touch the same offering plate someone else touched without getting a a frisson of dread. Not right now. Right now we give online. There's a link uh, probably above this video that will take you to the church's giving page. When it asks you for a fund, please choose plate. This money is in addition to the pledges that you all are still paying. Thank you very much for doing that and blessings on your gifts. Blessings on you for supporting the mission of this congregation. Join me as we say the words with which we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. The lone wild bird in lofty flight is still with thee, nor leaves thy sight. And I am thine, I rest in thee. Great Spirit, come and rest in me. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.